hit record real quick. So what was impactful from conference for you guys? I'm dying to hear all about it. <laughs> it's interesting, everybody's different take on conference, how they, um, how they listen to conferences, you know, from, uh, from session to session, or uh, just like what stood out to you? How did uh, it impact you and, and your personal studies, et cetera? Anyway, just kind of open it up. I'll go first. Um, Elder Renlund's talk when he was talking about Heavenly Mother. And I don't know if you guys remember last May, our stake had the had a women's conference. This was the title of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really fancy little brochure they did. And the speakers were Rachel Hunt Steenblick, a BYU philosophy graduate. And then the famous author, playwright, and screenwriter, performer, Carolyn Pearson. And I don't know if you guys know who those two people are. Yeah. And this is Carolyn Pearson. Anyway, um, so it was a huge controversy because those two women were teaching us that we should pray to Mother in Heaven. And we, uh, our board went into an uproar and completely shut the recording off mid uh, gathering and the we wrote letters to the Relief Society president. And so the Relief Society president, her husband was Katie's bishop at the time. And then um, the stake president got a little letter too. And so he finally, after about couple of months came and visited us because he he didn't resolve it he didn't do anything we had state conference shortly thereafter our area 70 was there i thought oh they're going to talk about it and they're going to fix this and they didn't and when the state president came and talked to us he he was defending the relief society president anyway it caused a huge thing in our board and in our stake and it's I don't know kind of still there it just kind of got swept under the carpet but uh, then came Elder Renlund's talk <laughs> like mm -hmm. so, so somebody heard us and everybody's like wow I didn't know that kind of thing was happening but I live in a very very liberal progressive area by Eugene Oregon and so our leadership is super liberal whereas cottage grove we're we're 20 miles out and we're super rural so but he said well you're the only ward who's complaining and i thought it was really wonderful but i don't know we wrote letters like pointing out in the handbook what it said anyway it was just a huge thing and it was just really nice to have the presidency you know they must be hearing about this a bit so they mm -hmm. hey we better tell people you know it's not that any of us don't believe in a heavenly mother it's just as i think it always is, is she's very sacred she's a secret powerful weapon and so are the females that's kind of why i always think we've been left in the dark so much about our priesthood powers as far as you know Maybe the last 10 years that's slowly been coming to light. Anyway, that was my big thing. And then also. Wait a second, uh, Tracy. What was the first meeting that these two ladies spoke at? 
It was our last May, our women's state conference. Okay, the state conference, women's, okay, I get it. Yeah, it was, and it was very well put together. Like they gave us really fancy artwork. They spent a lot of time and money on it. They did try to make it really special, but Katie and I, we were not at the church house meeting. We just zoomed in and watched it. So we did watch the whole thing and they did tell us to pray to Heavenly Mother. And they're like, and you've got to stand up in testimony meeting and talk about it. And and we're like, <laughs> what are we? Like we were looking at each other like, and so it, it just so happened that that day we were going down to clean the church. And so we got down there and all the ladies are just in a uproar and we're like, oh, good thing it's not just us, you know, because we're kind of new coming back still, you know, Katie's a newer convert. I kind of am too, in a way. But um, so was I also praying to Heavenly Mother or just praying to Heavenly Mother? What was there? Both. Both. So like two separate prayers or like a combined prayer you're talking no, about? Just like it's just saying, dear father in heaven, you could say, dear mother in heaven. And I've actually seen a bit of fighting going on on Facebook, some of those groups. I can't remember which one, but it's a lot of people arguing about how to pray and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I actually just kind of, I wrote one little thing and then I just like, I'm not going to go follow that. No, but. Yeah. You're already it, taking heat by the way we pray. We don't need any more heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a really eye-opening talk. Um, I asked Katie if she had noticed it and she hadn't. She was, she hadn't, so I just had it, I sent her the link over and said, you gotta watch this. And anyway, there was a lot of other really good talks. I'll let other people talk too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's uh, uh, amazing different ones and, and everything, that, that Renlin one. Um, it, it was kind of interesting as we were watching women's conference, right? Because we're like, okay, President Nelson's gonna talk and then, then it comes out and it's it's Elder Ren and I'm like okay, <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of an interesting uh, change of pace. It, it kind of uh, breaks some of the uh, the patterns that, that we've kind of seen before and stuff. So anyway, it was a really fun talk to to listen to and um, kind of compare it with with everything else that was happening in in the women's session there. How how did you guys feel about the the women's session? Uh, what impactful things um, really stood out to you in in there? Like, why did we have a women's session? You know, like, because that was kind of the, the hubbub going into conference, right? Like, oh, what is there going to be an announcement or something? And then, um, anyway, just kind of how it played out and stuff. It was, I found it very interesting uh, yeah, what they chose to talk about. It was more focused towards youth in some of the parts of the talk or the night, you know. Um, again, I went down to my ward and participated with the Relief Society for that when the missionaries and all the ladies and lots of people brought their young women with, like super young women, probably 13 year olds or so. And they were taking notes and 
doing a really good job, you know. But I just noticed a lot more talk to the youth mm -hmm. specifically and maybe in just all the talks a little bit, trying to help include them a little bit more. Yeah. For sure. I'm just kind of looking up the, the different women's session ones. Um, so Dallin H. Oaks gives like the introductory message of like why we're even having the conference. And then we go with Susan Porter with the lessons at the well um, with the was it salt, light and leaven. I think it was those three different um, small things that, that make huge impacts in the world. Uh, Rebecca Craven's do what matters most. Um, I, I don't know. That one really resonated with me. I, I really love that talk. <clears throat> and then uh, Jean Bingham's uh, a talk with that video that um, they put together there. And then ending up with, with Renland. Anyway, I thought that was just a, a really powerhouse women session there. It was. And then it was pretty shocking to have them sweep two of the presidencies clear out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, what's going on there? Yeah, it was interesting that, though that's been a thing for a while when they change one they change the other i think they're on the same three-year cycle or something mm -hmm. and then to like take the primary president and put her in yeah. as, as relief society president noticing right. some of the patterns i was like huh interesting and so just kind of looking into all of those they did that before too uh, there, was another, there was another one a young woman's president was put in as a relief society president wasn't there like a couple years back Hmm. 10 years i mean i like it i just was like whoa what's going on mm -hmm. yeah. i think it's cool that they're waiting until august instead of just putting in their cold feed that they have a chance to work with the, the current presidency mm -hmm. yeah um let's see probably the thing in all presidencies i know when we would when they put they called me into relief society um the previous Relief Society president didn't want to talk to us at all. She was, she was done. Like, <laughs> right. You've got to know. It's yours. Uh. And we, we had just had um, emerged with our ward and all these sisters came anyway. All these families. It was crazy. It was crazy. And it would have been really helpful just to have, you know, someone to help us through that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's always interesting, the transition. So what was your favorite apostle talk of, uh, so like not first, well, at least not the prophet, but what was your favorite apostle talk and what was your favorite non-apostle talk? Cleban talk was my favorite 70 talk. Cleban, is that how you said Cleban got? Yeah, this is good. I'm going to like start kind of pulling some of these up. Elder Bednar's was awesome. Bednar, yeah, Bednar and it's my favorite. And Anderson. I loved <laughs> Apostle Anderson's talk. Yeah. On being a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very applicable for our days, isn't it? it? It seems like no matter what, we're we're always getting more and more uh, divided and <laughs> we need we need peace. Uh, within the church, within our communities, within our families, etc. It just seemed like the theme was um, repentance, love, and um, what's the other? Just 
continue to build your faith. Did you mm -hmm. guys I heard lots of tons of missionary work. Oh, right, yeah. that too. The shortage. I think we're getting ready for everybody will be called out to go help gather in the very, very end. I don't know. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite, uh, an apostle, whatever, he, he's probably a 70. George, mm -hmm. J-O-R-G-K-L-E-B-I-N-G-T. Uh-huh, yeah. I liked his talk and being valiant and wholehearted. It was really good. It was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like um, taking that one, you know, uh, confident, non-apologetic, valiant, all that kind of stuff, and uh, kind of contrasting it, keeping it in balance with uh, Elder Anderson's, you know, being a peacemaker, <laughs> because sometimes we we swing from one extreme to the other, and uh, how both of those we need to have all of those qualities all wrapped up in one, huh? But yeah, his was a very powerhouse one. So, how do your guys's wards do conference talks? Do um, like the Elders Quorum Relief Society, just like choose uh, a few different talks to, to study on the Sundays and stuff, or? Uh... Just one talk or Sunday. I study mm -hmm. the recent ones mm -hmm. from the most recent conference. Gotcha. And the Relief Society and the Elders Quorum, everybody will kind of submit their favorites and then kind of huh. see what pops up. And then that's what we'll study. Yeah, I'm in the good. primary and they don't include us in anything. <laughs> Darn it. They don't. I'm dead serious. Yeah. We get an email and it's kind of, you know, you have to study it on your own. Because I'm in the primary too. I always feel in the dark. But what do they yeah, do? Exactly. Yeah. We don't know nothing. I know. Yeah, we we talked about President Nelson's talk in Relief Society today. It was a really good lesson. Mm -hmm. Which when one? I, the five points. The yes, that was a good talk. Yeah, stay on the path, repent, expect miracles, learn how God works, and um, resolving the conflicts. I thought those were really things we should think about a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That was entitled the power of spiritual momentum, wasn't it? Yes, yes. It's it's interesting to see the titles after you've heard the talks. Yeah, I know. And I kept hearing in a lot of the talks the little caution of perilous times, persecution. I mm. that kept popping out to me. I'm like, get ready. Yeah. I'm joyfully looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. Like my mom was uh, talking about um, the the very last talk of President Nelson. You know, it's titled "Now is the Time." You know, his previous talks have been like "In a Coming Day" or uh, things pointing to to the future, uh, but no, now, <laughs> now is the time. Uh, kind of interesting. Uh, uh, I took so many notes on that one. Just things that were coming at me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. I mean. You know, everybody has their their expectations and, and wishes out of uh, 
President Nelson's talks and everything, but it was kind of an interesting one where, oh, is he going to talk? Oh, he's not going to talk. And then uh, anyway, we have three talks, one major one and then two little uh, shorter ones, which is definitely different than, than the patterns that we've been studying, right? You know, uh, it, it's at least two pretty powerhouse talks, but, but this time it's just one. And uh, that such an important principle. I, anyway, I mean, we'll we'll dive into it uh, with all the footnotes and all of that kind of stuff next week. But um, just some amazing stuff from our prophet being condensed down into its most important basic parts of, of preparing us. Um, very interesting. And the fact that we have 17 temples coming. <laughs> I, I didn't know if he was going to stop. <laughs> all right. Keep yeah, that was, makes it 100 so yeah. far. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. Crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> so which is the, like, what temples matter to, to you guys uh, out of those 17? I mean, are, are there any that are close? Are there any that, you know, have been uh, impactful in, in some way to you guys? Um, you know, <laughs> I got two Idaho. powerhouse ones. Well, we got the, the Burley, Idaho, and my mission one, the, the Torreon, Mexico one, uh, all in the same conference. And that was just amazing. This one, it was, I just, I, I love each and every one of them. Yeah. It's such a teeny little place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, it must have changed since I've been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, like the... Uh, I don't know, I think it was only like a few minutes after conference um, that the, the city of Montpelier like posted a, a, a news release on, on everything and um, that the, they've kind of known about it, but uh, the, the residents haven't because the church bought the property like a year and a half ago and they just tore everything out like right away, even though the buildings are good and, and stuff. And everybody was like, what is going on? And they're thinking like, there's no way we can have a temple in Montpelier of all places. And so there's lots of speculation going on and stuff. Anyway, it's just kind of funny for them to, it's, it's their like one news story there, <laughs> their moment in fame kind of thing. I love kind of it. like the Ephraim thing mm -hmm. in a yeah. way. There's a family from here that moved to Montpelier. It's oh, really? traffic signals and it's an hour and a half to walmart and yeah, it's like a bump in the road yeah now we'll have a temple <laughs> yeah and it's interesting i mean look at the position of that temple um such a a big kind of resort lake now i mean it used to be a lot more quiet but now it's it's a hustle bustle but that, that temple being kind of a a pillar of light to <laughs> to that location it's, it's very interesting yeah Oh, will it have a lake view then where the location is? You know, I'm not exactly sure on that. I I really should like look it up on Google Maps and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not as familiar with Montpelier to know like street coordinates and everything, but. I don't believe it does. Montpelier's on well. the north, north side over and around from the lake. Oh, yeah. So you can't see the lake from there. Gotcha. I have a friend that lives in Paris, Idaho. That's on the Idaho portion, but she, you can see almost the lake from her place, but it's kind of by the tabernacle that's there in town uh -huh, and yeah. stuff. But Montpelier is still another half hour away from there. Okay, gotcha. You know, I think places like that, these little out of the way towns in Idaho are going to be places of gathering people. Mm -hmm. People are moving into Logan, 
by the hordes. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that those places are really going to grow. And I think when the 10 tribes come back, we're going to need every single temple and more. Yeah, right. To help them do their work. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like focusing around, you know, major bodies of water, you know, like with, with the Bear Lake, like that can support lots of people with, with that much water kind of thing. We'll have to have good filtration systems, but... <laughs> Yeah, and the people from like uh, Soda Springs, yeah, you know, will go over there. I'm sure. Oh yeah, just cross that mountain. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see when exactly that gets built, and and kind of like the timeline whenever Logan goes into its uh, remodeling phase and everything. Uh, it, it's interesting how all of the pioneer temples are having you know pretty close temples. Uh, popping up or around them to to help kind of uh, you know Logan, in cash valley in cash valley there is going to be the smithfield temple which is really close right and they're digging they're breaking ground on that one in june in and june it, that quick Whew. yeah it's going to be yeah. a really big temple it's it's really big mm -hmm. huh so I think I think that the remodel of the Logan Temple will come really fast after that one is built. Mm -hmm. Like where they've remodeled the St. George one and then they don't have the Santa Clara one built. And then now they've put down the Manti one. <clears throat> My family cannot get into the temple at all. Yeah, it's really far away. You get into Cedar City and... So the next closest one is Payson, and that's, you know, nobody will go. <laughs> it's too hard to get in. It makes it really hard. You have to kind of go, let's go on a trip for a couple of days and stay somewhere. That's what my mm -hmm. aunt does. She's going through withdrawals because she was a temple worker for the last 14 years. And she's like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't get in anywhere. So they just go on mini trips to weird places like Moab and mm -hmm. <laughs> a little way out of the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can you go to temples that's not yours if yours is closed? Can you go to any other one or are you assigned to one? Yeah, you, you can, can go now. Oh, you can you go anywhere now? Yeah. Put in the reservation. Yeah. yeah, we bounce around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they Have used you to do that long or is that just a new thing? They I've used to wouldn't it. let you. They're, around here they wouldn't they would because i went up to the brigham one and i wasn't supposed to but they let me go anyway because it wasn't my war my in my area during all the covid stuff and that mm -hmm. yeah right when they opened back up so but now now you can go pretty much wherever yeah and they've they've opened up the logan temple so you you can get an appointment you can go every day easily that's yeah. the same in Portland. It's wide open. And it was super busy yesterday. I went yesterday and mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed because I couldn't get all my ceilings done. I stayed in the ceiling room for three and a half hours so mm -hmm. I could get them all done. But yeah. it used to be you'd get them done in that hour, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be different now. <laughs> yep. You got to share. <laughs> I have to share. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
but yeah. I went to a Spanish session in the Logan Temple yesterday. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, it was so interesting to they have the words up on the screen. So the whole dialogue is written out. And so you can you can actually follow along. Yeah, you kind of know what they're saying. Yeah, it was really beautiful. It was like this was, I thought this was interesting. It's Pedro, Santiago, and Juan. Mm -hmm. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was one of the biggest eye-openers on my mission i was like what how does james equal santiago like where did that come from <laughs> you know and we're always quoting james 1 5 and i'm like santiago, santiago 1 5 <laughs> but isn't it interesting as you're going through the um the session with words and everything you can see who's talking at any given time you know if it's you know yeah. like sometimes you you miss those things when you know uh elohim and, and jehovah have very similar voices or um you know even uh, uh towards the uh, the terrestrial like who's conducting what there it's very interesting when it switches off from from pedro to, to juan <laughs> yeah. you can ask for that anytime mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you're reserving your temple thing, say that you need language assistance and, and say that you're you're deaf and you can always have the words. <laughs> I tried to go through the veil using my Spanish and it was really quite pathetic. <laughs> it, it's a hard how one, many, right? How many hours did it take you? No, I'm kidding. I'd be like, wait. I know the temple, the temple, um, shift coordinator was really looking at me a lot he's <laughs> like i know you speak english yeah experience to go through with those hispanic members they're they are wonderful people mm -hmm. yeah but one thing not to try is don't do it in spanglish the, they don't like that <laughs> <laughs> I I did it once and I thought it would be okay because I'm like I oh I can't remember that word and so I just substituted the English <laughs> word and he's like nope <laughs> darn it <laughs> oh Cameron how I kind of um I'm kind of naughty because I <laughs> I went and got an a card you know because I'm a temple worker and I copied down the veil. I admit this. I copied down the veil in Spanish and brought it home and have been practicing. But how else can you do that? There's not enough hours that you could sit up at the temple and learn that. So how how else could you learn that? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a temple worker and uh, called to to help people through in that language at the veil kind of thing, you know, it's kind of impossible. I yeah. think the same way we do with English. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just yeah. repeat it <laughs> thousands of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was it was really <laughs> wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't talk about President Oak's talk. 
Yes, President Oaks is an amazing talk. <laughs> you know, I, I have my my questions here kind of thing of, you know, which ones, like, what's your favorite talk? What's this favorite talk? And, and I put down, you know, what's the most controversial talk do you think will, will come out of conference? And it's kind of been Elder Oaks and Elder Renlund. Those have been really controversial ones coming out of conference. But what powerhouse talks they were. I'm just finding it really quick, bringing it up. I think our, our Relief Society president said not to do that in Relief Society, that it would step on too many toes. <laughs> too bad. Isn't that an interesting day when we can't talk about general conference in church? That I would. But, you know, it, it does step on toes. And, you know, is, is Building Zion, or is it, I don't know. Anyway, that, that's a hard one to, to answer. But yeah, just bring in a dump. There it is. You know, he spends a lot of time fasting and praying about his talks, and then he receives criticism. But what he does is, in a kind way, he tells people that he's going to tell truth, and truth is eternal, and you're not going to change it. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. That's right. Is he taking a lot of backlash for that? I haven't been looking. Is he doing okay? I, I don't know. It seems like he's always the one that takes backlash out of every conference. <laughs> like every single time, like half of my friends are just like, oh, that Oaks, he just needs to be excommunicated already and stuff. And I'm like, oh my word, are you kidding me? He's speaking oh, truth. This is yeah. divine law. All you have to do is walk into my little rural school. Okay. <laughs> this is happening to me right now. I have a nine-year-old student wanting to transgender in a very, very, very rural, rural school. And I don't know, people need to wake up to what's happening to their kids. So what is what is the difference? Is this because this is what they're being taught? Or is this? It's from media, movies. It's from Babylon. It's from. So is this in the kids' TV shows? I, I haven't been on TV in a really long time. Is this what yeah. they're operation paperclip it's like you're being programmed, didn't, being programmed. Like, i don't follow news or anything really anymore but like didn't disney announce like this last week that they're going to dedicate quite a few shows to gay and transgendered characters mm -hmm. like i mean that where have we gone i mean disney's been, disney's been off for a long time but i mean this is this is getting ridiculous you know, I, I'm trying to learn Spanish and I using that Duolingo program and mm. they have little stories that you that you learn from all the time. And they are they always um, have a gay couple. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's it's really quite offensive, <laughs> mm. but always, always there is one story about you know, a gay couple. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of prevalent. But um, I loved President Oak's talk because he just starts out and talks about Heavenly Father's love for all his children and talks about how everyone will receive um, you know, some, a place in a mansion 
and it will be more glorious than we can ever imagine. And he says, I love you, my brothers and sisters. I love all of God's children. And he spent quite a bit of time expressing that love and that, you know, Heavenly Father loves all, all of all of his children. Yeah. And that there will be a reward for everyone. You know, he talked about how the world believes there's just a heaven and hell, but how the church um, talks about how, you know, there are many mansions and that they will be more glorious than we can ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of skimming over uh, all of the different things. That one's going to be a fun one to um, read. I mean, there's 23 different footnotes in that one talk alone. It's going to be a, a really awesome one to, to kind of study through. Interesting how often he quotes President Nelson in that mm -hmm. talk. It's so crazy how all did. quickly that proclamation to the world and the family fulfilled itself. When I first heard that, it was just like, <laughs> come on are you kidding this is so obvious mm -hmm. and then um it wasn't we were living in northern california at the time in santa rosa and um i hadn't been to church in in 10 years and i came back and i saw this hanging in the lobby and i read it and i'm like so when when it was read originally i didn't hear it i didn't hear any commentary on it or anything mm -hmm. i since gone back and read it but i'm just like reading so i'm like of course and it was it wasn't like a year we were running a little homeschool preschool in our home it, a year later we had two moms that were gay two different children that had gay moms and, you know we loved them and took care of them and but it started me wait you know started waking me up thinking wow and then just as, you know that gender and it, like each step of it just I think all of it has been fulfilled now, right? Is there anything that is talked about in there that we haven't seen yet? Oh, I don't know. I, I never <laughs> tend to, to go well. Oh, we're, we're at the peak now because there's always something that, that blindsides me after. But I mean, man, we, we definitely have a, a different world. Uh, at least um, it's not as, as secret anymore. Like Satan's not trying to hide anything anymore. It's, it's pretty out in the open. But, you guys, ago, you guys remember my story a bit so i was 40 right. years out of the church but um, my daughter is an artificial insemination baby and so when we she went to the temple they had a fizzy because of course there's no father listed you know she's um don't know who her father is i picked him off of a menu of characteristics but um she was able to go through and do all of her work she's not sealed to me but i don't know if you guys knew that little bit i i did and i hope that i didn't say anything offensive just oh, no. interesting in yeah. that in that short time how that we went from yes the family to now what, what are we almost going to raise them in incubators and have like this little <laughs> mm -hmm. They actually do have those already where you can actually see the baby develop and you don't even carry the baby. Holy cow. <laughs> now, well, at least they're not killing the baby and aborting it. 
Yeah. Well, they're doing that too. They're doing that too as much as they can. It, it's amazing, you know, going through Old Testament and prophecies and patterns, right? That it is one of the things that that really brings about the catalyst for the end times, right? When when the children are abused, killed, um, warped beyond uh, <laughs> all hope, kind of thing, then then God it's intervenes. Like Abraham's time. That's like as I'm reading the New Testament, I'm becoming very aware of how much child sacrifice there mm-hmm. was. I was like, whoa, how did I miss all that? I'm a super hyper aware to it now. And the three virgins before Abraham was almost sacrificed. Yeah. Um, then it just, I don't know, it's just crazy. It's the Canaanites. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, are those all giants? that's like becoming super hyper aware to me too i'm like wait <laughs> what yep yeah after listening to michael rush and stuff <laughs> you start questioning all the stuff about giants right i am i'm like oh my goodness somebody help me <laughs> <laughs> you know when the world gets so wicked that there isn't a chance for a child to be raised righteously at all that's when the Lord intervenes and starts raining fire and brimstone. <laughs> We're there, you guys. We're there. I have a hard time at school. I had to cast Satan out of my classroom. I have a, a new coworker who's a member, but who is apostatized. And oh my goodness, we clash. The Lord has put a huge thing in my path and then I get President Nelson's talk about the contention and I'm like okay I was asking Jody Stoddard what do I do and she's helping me she's like you need to cast Satan out of your room and she gave me all these really great tips on getting the light on this person and it worked we had a pleasant week but oh my goodness she came back Monday morning so what was your favorite time did you watch conference and just and I just said, I did. I watched every single one. Wasn't it awesome? You know, and then she was quiet. I was like, oh, here, you guys, please pray for me again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get those challenges and stuff. And, and isn't it interesting how President Nelson talks about casting out? Like, I, yeah. that was one of the, the first ones that I, anyway, I remember of, of him blatantly saying. Uh, no, you know, I was talking Wait, to my mom. Go back and read that. <laughs> Yeah, tell, tell us about that, Cameron. Refresh <laughs> Just Sorry, so you know, Yeah, you can go ahead and, and talk. Let me find it real quick. Okay, I was talking to my mom Friday night because she was just telling me she really feels Satan after her. And I said, well, remember how to cast out? And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it and how much I can tell her. So I said, well, that's why you need to go to the temple, mom. And anyway, so she was praying, praying, praying. And then Sunday, she's like, oh, she was just crying. She's like, I know how to do it. Sort of. (laughs) I I was listening really carefully, too. Yeah. So power of spiritual momentum. Right in there. Yeah. Um, There's a section called discover the joy of daily repentance. Um, Second paragraph. 
I mean, you have to kind of study it all in context, right? And we'll, we'll right. do that next week. But um, please do not fear or delay repenting. Satan delights in your misery. Cut it short. Cast his influence out of your life. Start today and experience the joy of putting off the natural man. And so he, you know, just really relates that repentance involves casting out. Like the, the two are synonymous. They, they go hand in hand because, I mean, we have the power and it's in uh, a couple of his other talks, but, but one that's really powerful, and I forget exactly which one, but one that we recently studied, but he says in the temple, we learn this, we learn this, we learn this, and we learn how to, to cast the adversary out of our lives. And, and so, it's in the Old Testament. We were reading along. I've got my mom reading the old the Bible for mm -hmm. the first time ever, cover to cover. So we're way ahead. But the other day I was like, ah, there it is. It's right there. And she's like, what? And I pointed it out. And she's like, oh my goodness, it's right there. In the Isn't it interesting how taboo of a topic that is now? I mean where did you find that? Oh, I couldn't Same. tell you exactly right now. But yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Old everywhere I read. I don't know. Everything we're talking about or studying, it's popping up like second comforter, baptism by fire, all that stuff. Oh, there's another one. He just got translated. I can see it like, oh. Yeah, a whole once bunch you know of what to look for, you, you know, realize it's been there all along. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole bunch. Yeah. Got to start making a list of all these lists of things. Yeah. You know, like, I know we're not supposed to, to really, you know, focus on Satan and, and stuff, but like, it, it really is helpful if you take the time and study out what an evil spirit is, what an unclean spirit is, and the, the power that the adversary actually has in, in our lives. And so going through the scriptures and noticing what the difference is when when christ casts out an evil spirit he casts them out differently than he does unclean spirits and um it's most prevalent in in the doctrine and covenants they, i mean they're casting out all the time but old testament book of mormon new testament it's it's everywhere if you'll take the time to to do a word study and, and search it all out so that that casting out that you were taught in the temple we're not supposed to share that with anyone else I don't know. I'm just always really careful about what I'm supposed to share. Like, like yesterday I was in the temple and I learned something new. Um, my friend Dexter and Jake were there and, and I just bumped into him in the celestial room and, and Dexter's like, okay, Jake, this is a place you can ask us any questions and we could tell you anything. I'm like, oh, I did not know that till yesterday in the celestial room. So I'm like, okay, let me show you guys something you don't know. I said, do you ever wonder what's behind those two doors? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> one day I opened them and I went in them because I was the only one up here. And there's like about, oh, maybe 20 ceiling rooms that never get used hardly. <laughs> but I says, I think they're getting used mm -hmm. every night. People are coming in. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, so casting out the pattern that we learned in the temple, it involves being endowed, like endowed members have that power to, to cast them out and stuff. But as far as the, the general principles of it, we cast out, and we can talk about this with, with anybody uh, inside or outside of the church, we cast out by Christ when we, there's power in 
Jesus Christ's name, when we call his name, it dispels the darkness. And so there's different levels of that depending on, you know, your, your level of, of covenant making and, and keeping. But um, I, I think that's a general principle that we can talk about outside the temple. But, you know, there's certain practices inside the temple that are pertinent to endowed members versus. Yeah, I totally go talk to Aunt Monica who works in the temple and like, because when I got my endowment, she made sure I understood what that was right in the moment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you paying attention? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she leaned over and told you during the, the ceremony? Yeah, she kind of nudged me. <laughs> like a good escort, right? <laughs> Very good. My mom was a little upset that I didn't choose her, but my mom has only been the temple in her life a handful of times, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't know what she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I get to be an escort for the first time on the 30th. So what do I do? Do I point out? <laughs> you nudge every five seconds and then just <laughs> point at the screen. <laughs> and go talk about it in the celestial room. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of a hard one because you know you want to just like flood them with information, but you know the endowment itself I know. Is, is a flood, and so sometimes you don't want to overwhelm. But at the same time, I don't know. It, I was desperate, so and I made sure to tell her. I just, I just said, "Hey, this is what you got to do." Mm-hmm. I just think um, reading Corey B. Jensen's book, "Understanding Your Endowment," is so critical. Mm-hmm. And also Jeremy Oaks receiving the journey, receiving your endowment is just eye-opening. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love both of those. Before you go through to do those things or after the first time? So Corey B. Jensen has three different books. One is Preparing for Your Endowment. The second one is Understanding Your Endowment. And the third one is called Completing Your Endowment. And so, they, yep, yeah. So there's there's one that's preceding that that is preparing for your endowment. If if you're wanting to, you know, take the the little church pamphlet, the preparing to enter the holy temple one, and kind of amplify that. If they're they're ready for more, then I definitely recommend uh, the the previous one for that, the preparing for your endowment by Corey B. Jensen, and also Anthony Sweat. Uh, his new book is awesome. The the gold one, uh, Covenants of the Temple. And did you guys see his BYU talk just this week? I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's on my list, but yeah. Really good. That's good. Yeah, I did. I did too. Um, good. Cameron, what is the name of his book? Yeah, let me pop it up really quick, just a second. How do I find the Anthony Sweat's BYU? Is that a devotional? Yeah, it was the last BYU devotional. Um, and was it about the temple? Because I've been listening to him on Inklings and he's really clear. And then I did read one of his books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Laura, I can get, I it on Pinterest. I can share. I can send you a link something to about uh, you need. We need the endowment, the power, power of the endowment, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. He did a yeah. little thing on Facebook like last fall on all of the laws, the laws of the temple. I'll have to find my notes because I it was super amazing. And I'm pretty sure 
that was part of his book because he hadn't released his book yet. I love the temple. <laughs> anyway, here's um, the two Anthony Sweat books, um, The Holy Invitation and The Holy Covenants. And they're just like little tiny books. Um, but they're, if you have a Deseret bookshelf uh, subscription, the audiobooks are free on there. Um, anyway. They're both on there now because there was just one when I had it. And then I had to cancel it because I don't have time right now. Uh -huh, yeah, I, they're, they're both on there. I listened to the white one. So if I get her on the bookshelf, she can listen to both of those before. Uh-huh, yeah. And um, the Holy Covenants, you know, so like the first one has the um the parable of of asher you know as he gets uh, taken through the temple or whatever this one has an awesome one i forget her name like phoebe or something like that anyway where she is becoming a doctor and uh it's an amazing it's like 17 minutes long it's a, a really deep parable um that kind of follows that same pattern and it's so good um and then another one that i highly recommend is well, why is my camera backwards? Anyway, Sacred Symbolism. Yeah, I've got that one. Ah, anyway, it's by Kim Gibbs. Anyway, it's just like, mm. what, like 20 pages or something. It's, it's tiny. It's only like $2. But, um, anyway, it's called Understanding the Sacred Symbolism of Temple Clothing. And that one's uh, also an audiobook if, if you want to read that one. And then uh, Elle posted that uh, YouTube link there in the, the chat as well for Anthony Sweat's BYU speech. Understanding the sacred symbolism of temple clothing? Yep. I can't get. Um, Cameron. Well, sorry. Who is the author of that one? Oh, Kim Gibbs, G-I-B-B-S. Is that on Bookshelf also? I believe so. Um, I know the audio of it is, but I'm not sure if the text is. But I, I, I would imagine that it is. Can I, do we have time to do my little spiel? I'll do it really quick. Sure. You got a spiel? <laughs> I did it at that I did at the retreat because they're talking about the the laws in the temple. Uh-huh. Uh, go through those really quickly. We have the law of obedience there at the bottom, and then the law of sacrifice, and then the law of the gospel, and the law of chastity, and the law of consecration. And so these are, uh, we're learning about uh, Jacob's ladder in the temple. It's a ladder. And it's each of their tests, like Abraham's big test was obedience. Isaac's big test was sacrifice. Jacob's big test was the gospel. Uh, when uh, Esau traded his birthright to to Jacob because uh, the gospel was really important to Jacob and it wasn't Esau and then uh, Joseph of Egypt he, uh, his big test was chastity when 
Potiphar's wife, you know, that came after him. And, and then the consecration, that one is Ephraim. And it's the only one that's that big test is all of us. Our test is to, to do this law of consecration. But anyway, it's the, it's the, it's Jacob's ladder. You're right. That's brilliant. And it's just going generation from Abraham on up. Wow. I'm impressed. Super cool. It is cool. I just posted the the YouTube video for that. Um, So that last YouTube video that I, I linked there it talks about all of that it's from the gospel lessons really great uh youtube channel there but uh, he goes through all of those in a little bit more depth thank you and if you go on to to the learning zion website and look for the retreat that that we did um there's a discussion that we had on that video Mm -hmm. You could, you could hear me talking, but I was writing on the, the, the whiteboard, whiteboard and, and I was standing in front of it most of the time. You can see what I was writing. I watched it. I don't know. It's not the greatest. <laughs> I haven't went back and watched that one. But anyway, yeah, it's there. <laughs> All right. So, uh-huh. Yeah. What are you showing us? Just a second. It's kind of blurry. There we go. Can't read it. Can't hear you either. (laughs) That's why I was like. (laughs) Well, so I printed it out. You can print it out on the church website, all those things that you're the law. So, and then I laminated it with a picture of our temple with all those and then you can look up all those things <laughs> so lab and then printed them out i don't yeah, have great compilation right. um so let's see i'm trying to think of like housekeeping things of <laughs> what we got coming up so we have the the passover seder if anybody wants to join us uh, virtually, it'll be the same Zoom link, and that will be Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. And um, is this week for ordinations as well? Yeah. So on Saturday morning, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time is our four ordinations chat, and we're going to do chapter 17. Um, something. What time was that again? 10.30 a.m. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, what else? I was listening to that book and I sent you a message like it was missing or something. Did you see that message? And then I never got back on it. There was parts missing of it. Huh. Um, let's see. Like on the four ordinations you're saying? Yeah, on four ordinations, yes. Um, let me just pop on here. I got up to nine and then there was chapters missing. Yeah, and then I, I replied and, and uh, give you a, a link to chapter 10. Um, yeah, I, they should all be there. Um, Actually, I made it, I, they're all here now. So okay. 
I, I made it up through 12. So I'll finish, yes. Yeah, so Alethea has started recording some. She's up to like chapter 26. And then I started at the end. So anyway, we're <laughs> we're working on getting them all recorded in there for you. Oh, wow. So you started one end and she started the other. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just put in the chat, because I had a, a link that I got from somewhere. I don't remember where, of the completing your endowment, the book of it from in a file i just put it in the chat so if you yeah. click on it it should download you should be able to pull up that book oh perfect awesome cameron do you think um that that completing your endowment is just a little bit controversial <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's been like a year since i read it i didn't remember thinking controversial but um maybe i don't know <laughs> most most truth is right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to uh, read back through that. Uh, yeah, nothing's popping off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Anything else? I can't think of any other housekeeping. Yeah, I read it years ago. So was that in the capstone under Moroni? When uh -huh. Open that up. Yeah. Is there an audio of that? Yeah, on Audible. On Audible, I don't have Audible. Masa just did a video. That's what uh, brought it to my attention. Yeah, the other night, and he he said it was an Audible, and I looked, and it is. I go back and forth with him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but I did watch that video, and then I heard that. So. Yeah. I think he's a little bit hard to listen to. It's kind mm -hmm. of condescending. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I don't know. you should have known that. <laughs> yeah, the very first time um, that 